Blog Talk Radio.
Oh my God. Hello? Hello? Hi, Mr. Uberman. Thank you for coming on the line. We really appreciate you. No worries. Sounds like you guys are figuring out some uh, systems over there. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um just some minor difficulties with the uh, uh Block Talk network, but I wanted to make sure that I got into your uh into your actual um bio because you've done such great work and you've won a lot of uh, great awards. Um and I wanted to make sure that the Block Talk Radio Network, which is home to millions of millions of podcast listeners on its own, as well as the other networks we're on to get a feel of you. Um, You are the founder and CEO of Hawk Media, which is the fastest-growing marketing consultancy in the United States. It was launched in 2014, and Hawk Media has been valued at $75 million and has grown from seven to over 150 employees in three locations, Los Angeles, New York, and Boston. The company has serviced over 2,000 brands of all sizes, ranging from startups like Tamara Mellon, SIO Beauty, and Bottle Keeper to household names like Red Bull, Verizon Wireless, and Alibaba. Off Media has taken home numerous industry awards, including inclusion on the Inc. 5000 2020 list of the fastest-growing companies, Fortune Magazine's 50 Best Workplaces in Southern California, and Uberman was named the International Business Awards Entrepreneur of the Year in the field of advertising, marketing, and public relations. As a serial entrepreneur and marketing expert, Uberman is sought-after thought leader in the world of digital marketing, entrepreneurship, sales, and business. And prior to Hawk, he founded and grew and sold two successful e-commerce companies. Uberman is the recipient of numerous honors, and awards, including Forbes 30 Under 30, CSQ 40 Under 40, and Inc. Magazine's Top 25 Marketing Influencers, and Best in Biz North America's Marketing Executive of the Year. A regular contributor to major publications like Forbes, Entrepreneur, and CSQ, Eberman is well-known keynote speaker. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to really bless everybody um, on our networks, Mr. Uberman. Uh, as you won so many great awards, um, so the recognition is definitely there already. And um, you also have a podcast as well, um, if I'm not yes, mistaken. What, what are some of your favorite guests that you've interviewed and on your podcast? You're going to get me in trouble, all of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, we honestly... It, it, it's, you know, kind of a list of, like, I wouldn't say my favorite people, but a lot of people I really admire. So, you know, it, it, and people that I'm interested in, people that have had life stories. Um, Barry Turner was a really big favorite of mine because it taught me a lot. The guy that created Lenny and Larry's, the uh, protein cookie and muffin company, just a lot about how we thought through selling, et cetera. But there's so many good people, you know, the Bill Hughes, Chris Birch, Keith Ferrazzi, Michael Loeb, Dan Price. Gary Vaynerchuk, like there's been a lot of really cool people on it. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Definitely, definitely. definitely. And um, you've been able to actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you've had Grant Cardone or you are having him in the future? Yeah, in the future. I think definitely that's going to be a Yeah, he's on on Thursday. Definitely, that's going to be a big, big show. Um, what is a, a lesson that, say, I guess Gary Vanderchuk um, instilled in you from when he was on the show that um, really uh, stuck with you? 
well, I've known Gary a while. We do a bunch of business together. He, you know, I'd say the couple of things, like what I learned about him and from him in the show that I didn't know before is like the guy is constantly springing and sprinkling investments in things he's coming in contact with and helping his platform launch other things. So his core business and his persona are great cash flowing businesses, but he's made most of his money in investing in Uber, Facebook, Twitter, uh, helping start Resi, like these big wins that aren't what he's known for, but is really where he made his money. And so that was a really cool highlight is that like what he's known for is what gave him the ability to do all those deals. And, but where he made his money is not what he's known for. Right. So in a way he, what he was known for got, got him the investment capital and then he used that money to invest in other uh, income streams. Um, would would you say a trait of the people and the diff- that you work with and may have had on your podcast is uh, multiple income streams and, and investments, or is that uh, something that, you know, not everyone does? Well, I think the, the idea of multiple income streams, people jump the gun on. So like you have to get a single income stream that's making you enough money to expand. Like, People will dabble in too many things thinking that's like what you're supposed to do. The peop- and because a lot of people take the playbook of successful people and what they're doing now is where they should start. Meaning like Gary Vaynerchuk now has a bunch of different income streams. He's got his investments. He's got VaynerMedia and VaynerX. He's got all those portfolio companies. He's got his speaking actually makes him a ton of money. And those, that's great. He didn't start doing all those things. He started with Wine Library his parents' company, and it wasn't actually a great income stream for him. They, didn't, they paid him, I think, 60 grand a year because he's their son, and they're like, screw you. You don't get to make a lot of money off your family. You work for us because we raised you. So, you know, but then he took that and started VaynerMedia and started doing marketing, and that became a place where he could actually make money. Then he took all of his money, and he invested in companies he believed in, ended up with a ton of stock in Facebook and Twitter, which then he took some of that and was able to invest again. So it's like it was a slow build. It wasn't like where he is now. And I think he's 46, 46 years old. He's not all of a sudden like it wasn't just like overnight. He started in 100 revenue streams. It was like one after the other slowly. And I think that's the thing that people miss is like you have to have one good income stream before you have multiple. You need what's called your bread and butter, your core, you know, income that services everything else. It doesn't have to be the thing that makes you the most money either. It's just the thing that covers your bills that keeps you stable, that gives you a little capital invest so that you can start taking bigger swings. Right. And it may not necessarily be the thing that you may love or may be doing for the rest of one, one life. Um, for you, um, I would say how did it depends. You're mm-hmm. right. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be something you love for the rest of your life, but I would say it always helps to be something you love because then, because it's going to take longer than you want it to. It, like I, there's not a lot of get rich quick. So, like, you don't want to do something that you hate because there's going to be downtime. There's going to be, especially if you're talking entrepreneurship, you're going to have times where you make no money. 2018 and 19, I barely made any money because I was reinvesting in the company and I made mistakes, too. So, you have to love what you do, too, so that you stick with it and don't just throw in the towel and be like, screw this. I hate this and I'm making no money. I'm out. So, that's that's part of it, too. You kind of have to love the game and the journey, too. Right, definitely. Um, do something that you will won't feel like work every day um, is ideal. Um, But for you, um, did you start out doing something that you automatically loved or how did you uh, get into like what you're doing today? So the answer is yes. I've always loved the journey. So like I, I, I'm not like there's moments I don't love. There's 
periods I don't love, but I've always loved what I do. Now, this is my fifth company. I've, been, I've done a lot of different things. Uh, I've, when I've stopped, when I've realized I'm not going to love it, like I don't love it intrinsically, like I don't like the job I'm doing, I don't like the company, I'm done. I, I either fold it or leave or whatever, like that's, or sell it or whatever it is, I get out. So that, that's something that I'm comfortable with too, but I've always kind of focused on things like, because I've, st- I've always been an entrepreneur, so I've always started things that I love. Like I wouldn't start a business I don't lo- want to do. Exactly right. That makes sense. Um, as a entrepreneur, um, and starting different businesses, um, is definitely not always, uh, easy. Um, especially when, you know, you have to get capital to start or different things. Um, but how did you actually, um, learn how to, you know, buy and sell businesses and, and all that? Did you go to school for it or did you pick it up through mentors or, or your own studies? Because a lot of things aren't always taught um, in school. Yeah. It wasn't school. It was definitely mentors and my wife and a few other people. That's what my wife does is she works in private equity. So a lot of how that game works. But I, I sold my last business before I met her. It was you just you learn from people around you. And honestly, you make mistakes. You I sold a business for way less than I should have because I had no idea what I was doing. And it was enough money to get me to go screw it. And the person got a steal. But I was happy. So whatever. And now I know that situation. So like you just, you, you, I, I learned from a lot of people along the way and by doing like you ask questions, you find people that have already done what you're trying to do and you pick their brain and you, you hopefully offer them something too. And that's the way that I've kind of gotten through is when I see something downing down the pike that I'm trying to figure out and I can't quite either comprehend or pull from my own knowledge. I try to call someone that's already been through it that I trust. And so network becomes a huge thing too so it's not really mentorship in the sense of like having a mentor that's taught me everything. It's more surrounding myself with people that know more about certain things than I do. So I can call them when I'm stuck with something. Yes. While, while being of value or having something of value to provide to them. Um, so it's not a need. I would or... say like not, not to, yeah, but not to overthink that either. Like you do small favors for people, keep people in your network. Don't just take, take, take. But like, I think people like, do a little too much to try to think like what can I do for you and like there's usually some simple things you can do but a lot of times I, I actually believe and have learned most people are good most people don't mind helping someone as long as that person actually takes the help and puts a lever on their time so it's not actually about an ROI so like when I am helping advise for someone I love doing it I'll take time I'll answer questions I'll keep in touch until I see that that person never listens to anything I say and they just keep, you know, it's just literally a waste of my time because the person's not listening anyways, and I'm done. You know, that, that, that it's not worth it. But until then, I have many people that they've never, they haven't done much for me. Maybe in the future they will. A lot of people are down to just give as long as that their time is leveraged for the person's benefit. It's when you realize you're, the time you're giving, which is precious, is being wasted, then it's not cool. Definitely, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you said that your wife works in private equity, but as an entrepreneur and person that has started multiple businesses, um, what are some ways that you've either raised capital or have got or have got money to invest into the business? Because um, I'm sure it could have always been from, um, you know, clients that you haven't had yeah, yet. Yeah, it was. Oh, oh, yeah. We bootstrapped. We never raised money for Hawk Media. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I, I can hear that. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah so we're, 
we bootstrap. We're about 200 people now, and we've done it all organically. Oh, that's amazing. Um, what are some of your uh, favorite uh, clients that you've had, or some of your favorite work with Hog Media? Um, what like what type of work do you do? Because uh, you know, I know it's, it's advertising, marketing, and um, PR. Uh-huh. Uh, but more specifically, what what type of uh, you know work do you do there? Yeah, it's really acting as an outsourced CMO, meaning chief marketing officer and marketing team to companies. So we go into brands. Identi- it could be a, any type of brand, whether it's a you know lifestyle brand like a beauty or fashion company. We work with like law firms, uh, insurance agencies. We work with software companies, all types of businesses. And we go in and identify what they're doing in marketing and what they're not doing and put together a plan for them. And then we'll spin up different experts all a la carte and month to month, so really nimble and flexible to just take over those aspects. Sometimes it's their whole marketing department because they don't have one. And a lot of times it's just like we're going to take over their Facebook ads or their email marketing or their web design or whatever it is. And then we ebb and flow and change as they need it. So it's really about that initial figuring out what they need and then being that company that can plug in, you know, high level experts to plug those needs. And our whole mission is accessibility to great marketing for everyone. We believed in what this, what started this company was it's really hard for most companies to find great marketers we want to make it easy. We want to make it really easy to get great marketers to work on your company so that that isn't such a point of failure for so many brands. Right. Right. And, and I, this might be a, like, you know, a dumb question, but I, what separates your company versus somebody going to like indeed or Facebook to try to find, uh, I guess a CMO. Yeah. So we're not full-time hires. We're not a recruiter. So a full-time CMO on average makes $250,000 a year. We charge five to eight grand a month for a fractional CMO. So it's just a different offering. We're not here to replace a CMO. We're here to be a fractional offering to either plug a hole while they don't have the money to get one or they're not there yet, or to be an advisor to the CMO and have to actually bring our knowledge to an internal marketer. Um, and sometimes we're also a bridge solution. Like they lost their head of marketing. They haven't found a new one yet. We plug in for now while they figure it out. There's a lot of reasons they need us, you know, for periods of time. Right. And it could be almost supplementary or complementary. Um, it seems like you're saying. Yeah. It's common. Oh, that's awesome. It's common. We're working with a CMO. That's awesome. Cause so many people are afraid of losing jobs or whatnot, but then a lot of people may not know what they're doing as, a marketing head at a company um, and then, you know, trying to uh, find different talent to solve these issues. Um, but it seems like you, you put everything in one place and together, which is why you've been able to work with um, household names like Red Bull, Verizon Wireless and Alibaba. Um, so it's safe to say that you're an international company and able to work with brands from global to, I guess, when we are in, in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we work with people all over. Um, so from, uh, and literally over the world and sure when they're on Mars, I'll probably want to work with them, but our, we have people in 24 different States around the country and we're working on international expansion now, but that's, so we service mostly brands wanting to come to the U S at this point, but our clients, we, I mean, we helped Alibaba expand to the U S we work with a lot of, European companies, like we're working with companies all over. Awesome. Awesome. And and I know you're a really busy man. um, So I don't want to take too much more of your time. Um, But uh, as far as your your company and the different projects you're working on, 
Um, like, what's next for you, and, and, and where do you see yourself in uh, five, ten years as far as including thinking about the way the market is going and technology? Yeah, um, I, I love what I do. It's been a really fun couple of months because we've had a lot of people interested in buying the company, which has let me think about do I want to be done and sell it and retire or do whatever that would mean or want to stick with it, and I've decided on sticking with it. So I've learned that I really love what I do and more, I'm always been focused on building a company that I love running. And I've, I feel like we're in that place now and we're doing a good job of building more and more of what I love to do. And so I think five to 10 years from now, I'm going to be running a global marketing business. And we have our venture fund where we invest in marketing technology. So you ask where things are going. We're constantly looking at new technologies to figure out how does our business need to change and what do we need to adapt to? And also, again, how do we own a piece of that technology that's going to change our business? So we invested in PostScript, which is one of the top SMS marketing tools, Jaguara, which is wow. one of the top e-commerce business intelligence tools, Instramatic, which is a voice and speech recognition software, or not recognition, sorry, it's voice and speech advertising software. where you can actually talk to an advertisement, like minority report style, like what a cool oh, stuff that's coming yeah. out that we see, yeah, yeah. we see the application we see it working and go, great, we're going to put some money and own a piece of it and then help it get to market. And I think that's going to continue to be a big part of our business too. And we now have a financing arm where we saw a lot of our clients were limited by capital because they needed working capital. They put all their money in marketing and product and then have to wait. And now we can give them cheap financing to help them scale faster. So these are all things that like we're looking at that we're constantly looking for the next thing. We're working on a government certification for marketers so that not anyone can just say, I'm a marketer and be full of crap. We can actually regulate that. So there's all these things that we see are the big problems in the industry that we're continuing to attack in different ways that five, 10 years from now, I think we'll be a powerhouse and we'll have offices all over the world and people, you know, helping companies all over the world, continuing to stick to our mission of accessibility to great marketing because we want to be cost effective and easy to work with, but also the best at what we do while funding tons of brands and sorry, tons of businesses that also fulfill that mission as well as helping brands as much as we can. And so I, I love that. I'm passionate about it. I continue. I don't see a point in my life where I won't want to be a part of that. So I think that's going to continue to grow. And let's, let's say five years from now, we'll be global. 10 years from now, maybe we'll be in, interstellar. Who knows? Definitely. Definitely. With um, everything Tesla's talking about and um, exactly. a new app that we, yeah, a new app that, you know, that has actually brought us, you know, together to be able to talk on this uh, podcast is Clubhouse. And I'm not sure yep. if you're noticing um, some of the power of Clubhouse besides, you know, the drop-in audio podcast aspect. But if it's not, but it seems to me that if you have your uh, speaker on and someone names a product, you might start seeing that product on your computer screen or even on your smart TV. I'm not sure if you've noticed yep. this yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's, uh, audio monitoring is happening on all those things already, so definitely. <laughs> right, 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 which is, which, is how, which is what I'm trying to connect the marketing aspect to it. If you have an influencer who's aware of this, you know, or whatnot, um, they could kind of direct people towards a brand, not only within the app, but it seems like um, in real life. I'm not sure if Clubhouse is using is actually realizing this is a component that they can um maybe try to um monetize but uh is this something that you feel it will become bigger or is it going to grow no, or not really clubhouse has already stated they're not going to monetize through advertising so 
I think there's going to be more tipping speakers and hosting, you know, paid clubhouses where you have to actually pay to get in to hear someone talk. That's the kind of stuff they're leaning on, not advertising. They really want to avoid that business model. So I don't think it'll go there. Um, there are other channels that will have that, and that's why we invested in a voice-activated advertising platform is things like Alexa and Google Home and Portal and iHeartMedia's apps and Pandora. Those all can have a lot more progress when it comes to voice and speech and that kind of thing. I don't think Clubhouse will get there. Um, what's it called that uh, Twitter just launched? Their competitor Clubhouse. That, I think, will end up being advertising-driven. Oh, um, you don't happen to remember the name for that, do you? Oh, I'm blanking on I, it. I, uh, I could probably. Uh, uh, God. But, yeah, I can't no, remember. It's all good. It's all good, <laughs> spaces, but that's very it's interesting. Spaces. Spaces? Twitter spaces. That's what it's, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Thank you for, uh, you know, dropping some new knowledge on us. And, uh, again, I really appreciate your your time and all the great things you do. You're definitely an inspiration to the youth and um, peers alike. Um, thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on my show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. Definitely, definitely. Um, hopefully we can work together in the future sometime. It would be awesome, man. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your evening. Peace. Thank you. You too. It sounds great. And there you have it. We had the amazing Eric Uberman, founder and CEO of Hawk Media. Um, you, you see all the amazing things and marketing that are coming about. Uh, that kind of stuff really, really excites me, man. Um, I've loved marketing and social media and advertising uh, ever since my beginning days um, using uh, MySpace and uh, aim and you know beginning of Facebook for promotions and marketing and connecting with brands and um, connecting people with events so it's been an amazing thing um, uh, an amazing ride and I, I really appreciate it because people say hip hop saves your life but marketing hip hop saved my life music you know um, and just making good choices so you, you know Anything is possible if you make good choices and work towards your dreams and goals and are real with it. Um, not everyone out there has all, as you can see with Mr. Uberman, not everyone is, you know, super connected or has all the money to do all this and that. But if you make certain sacrifices or make enough so that you don't have to make sacrifices, then, you know, things can happen for you too. And, um, you know, I may not be living in a mansion or have a million dollar company like Mr. Uberman, but from what I've done with what I've had and my piece of the market, I've been able to affect my life and others' lives, whether it be making sure others can feed their families, giving away things. Um, and, uh, that's been something that I'll cherish because it didn't have to be that way. My parents could have just been like, you know what, I'm going to stay in Haiti on this island and whatever we can do here, we'll do here. But no, something in them made them do something or, or, you know, family and friends. But we all know people don't have to change or do better. So if you have an opportunity to do better and change and grow and, and stuff like that, why not do it? You know, we're not perfect. No one's asking someone to change the world, but 
if you can do with what you can with what you have and, you know, you affect your own family in positive ways, then you automatically affect the world. So when you see your world is effed up or this or that, don't blame the world. Maybe there are some stuff about the world, but then again, like, look inside, too. Like, you know, change inside. If we're coming to a time in present-day history where the abusers and the users are not going to be able to do this, the things that they do anymore. And we as a person has to realize that we have to get better so that we can be part of the new positive world that is trying to do better and, and yearning or whatnot. Cause the most high God, as you've seen with COVID and different stuff, you know, this is damn near a plague that's going on, and it doesn't seem like it's getting that that much better. But I pray that it is, so we can get back to normal. Um, let me not digress, and I want to thank all our great listeners and people. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, we have some great uh, guests coming up in the future, um, and uh, you know, that's just how we do it. So thanks again. Peace and love, and I really appreciate Mr. Eric Uberman, CEO of Hawk Media, for uh, coming on the show and and dropping uh, knowledge. And um, thank you, Blog Talk, for your amazing ways. But you know, um, definitely gonna keep working to improve the platforms, working on video, and um, so you know. We're, we're, we're going to keep expanding. Just got a camera, um, you know, going to figure out how to plug it to the, the iMac and stream and this or that. And um, so that's just how we do. Um, thanks again. Peace and love. And uh, to, to, to everything, just keep being good. Be good. Your man, Vickens Moscova. Podcast owner, Muscova Media, and uh, check out my site, uh, MuscovaEnterprise.com. It's nothing in comparison to Mr. Uberman, but uh, you know I, I I do my thing and I have my knowledge too. So giving thanks and praise to the Most High. Peace, everybody. <laughs>